0: Welcome to What in the World? A project initiated by Hungry for Life International. Today's podcast is titled The Intern and the Video Guy, and Jess will be interviewing Ruben and TJ. So grab your headphones, sit back, relax, and listen as they talk about their trip to Haiti in the DR and their experiences while they were there.
1: Hi, and welcome back to another week of What in the World podcast, where we talk about all things to do with global missions and running a nonprofit. I am your host Jessica Goschlack. I've never said that before. That's fun. And today's topic is untitled so far. We have not come up with a title. yet no. the the best I can come with it. Come up with at this point is the newbies because today our guests are our newest staff member, right? TJ.
0: I think so. Yeah. Well, I've got a new staff now, but. Okay. Pretty, pretty new, yeah.
1: All right, I'll come up with a new title. Yeah. So one of our newer staff, TJ Gelman, and uh, our intern, yes. Ruben, I can't say your last name. very Verhei.
2: Yeah. It sounds good, yeah.
1: Where are you from, Ruben? From
2: the Netherlands, all the way.
1: All the way from the Netherlands? Yes. We take on charity cases even from <laughs> the Netherlands. No, I thought you would make that joke, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... Ruben's our intern, so we give him a bit of a hard time. But in all fairness, he, he gives us a hard time, too. He said he would never get us a cup of coffee. No. So. so cheers. So cheers. <laughs> all right. Today we are talking about their latest trip with our director of international operations, Jason. They went to Haiti along with two of our other HFL friends who one of them was on a po- podcast a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, and so we just wanted to get your guys' perspective on the trip that you just went on and just get to know you a bit so that our, our listeners can understand the type of people that we hire here. So okay. beyond your best behavior. Okay. But <laughs> on that note, I want to get to know both of you a little bit for our, for, I know both of you, but for our listeners standpoint. Yeah. So TJ, yep. how long have you been at Hunger for Life?
0: I've been here for almost a year and a half
1: now I think okay so, and what do you do here
0: I am the video producer one of the video producers here uh um do a lot of graphics editing filming um podcasts yep yep do and then yeah it's kind of a lot of stuff painting
1: <laughs> and and TJ is like our resident uh trip tag along
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> working on it to be all yeah. the time
1: you just got well, back from also ukraine yeah and where where else that's those are the last two trips that you've been on yeah and the, the first two The <laughs> last two and the first two <laughs> yeah so. but yeah we love having tj here he he is a great storyteller and video producer and glad you're here thank you <laughs> and ruben how long have you been here
2: for? since march the beginning of march March seventh, I arrived. I arrived in uh, Canada.
1: And how yeah. are you? How are you like Canada so far?
2: It's amazing so far. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a crazy ride, but it's it's cool to be here to see Canada to work here at Hungry for Life, um, to meet people, the Canadian people, um, and to be on a trip was cool too. And yeah.
1: So, so, so what was what was your uh, motivation for doing an internship here at Hungry for Life?
2: Um, Mostly because I couldn't find anything in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not totally the truth. But uh, No, I, I graduated in uh, August last year in um, international development studies in, uh, in the Netherlands. And um, I was looking for a job opportunity to find some more uh, experience in the mission field. And I tried to uh, email some organizations in the Netherlands and they, most of them didn't respond at all. And then I got in contact with family here in Canada who came to the Netherlands and we had a long conversation.
1: Dutch people in Chilliwack? No, no, no. no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay, more, yeah, he isn't
2: living in Chilliwack. Oh, but okay. The, he's living on in Vancouver Island. And okay. That's, that's nice. But he knew Dave Blondell. Okay. And we had a long conversation about uh, about my dreams, about what I want to do. And he said, oh, I might know an organization somewhere in Chilliwack, Canada. Um, I will get you in contact with them and... We will see what it will be and what will happen. And uh, after a few Zoom calls with uh, with the, the most important people here, <laughs> I guess. Wait, so TJ t- t- and I were not consulted. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. never saw, saw, yeah. no, saw a yeah. Zoom call with you. After some conversations, they said, oh, you can come over and do an internship here. And uh, yeah, so from... Trying to get something in the Netherlands, I ended up in Canada. Yes. Yeah.
1: With a uh, torn, not ACL. What, what did you tear? the first week you were here? The
2: first week I was here, I went skiing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've never skied before. But I thought I can do this. So I went <laughs> on the skis and twisted my knee. And I turned out I've torn my ACL and my meniscus. But it is your ACL. And yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. no. <sighs> it's okay. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. can change change anymore. So it's okay now.
1: Wow! Well, well, welcome to Canada.
2: Yeah, yeah. very adventurous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too adventurous.
1: <laughs> cool, cool. So d- when you decided to come here, did yeah. you know that you'd be going on other trips?
2: Um, n- not really, but they said it during the first few meetings that it was possible to join to a trip to Haiti. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, it was a cool opportunity to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't expect that that was part of my internship.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's kind of a fun bonus.
2: Yeah, it was a cool bonus, especially
1: with Crazy Jason.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. for both of you, what was like? What was the deciding factor? What was the purpose in you going? Ruben, we kind of mentioned is m- more part of your internship, but TJ, what was the purpose of you going on this trip?
0: Uh, purpose of me was just getting footage of all the partners. We haven't seen them in three years, so just getting new uh, B roll like footage of. Um, the grounds and the area, like new projects, like multiple places had new buildings pop up since we were there or not I, but Jason was there and, um, getting interviews of what the partners, um, just updates with them, mm-hmm. um, what their plan is for the future and just, yeah, just seeing, getting all that footage back to be able to make videos and stories for all the donors that help out with those organizations.
1: So this is both of your first time to Haiti, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, initial response. So you, you land, you meet some of the people. What's, like, your first reaction, your first thought that comes into your head of of what Haiti was like? Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, beautiful in different ways. And also... Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's weird to say it's beautiful because there's so many problems in the in Haiti and you can immediately see it when you arrive in in Haiti um, but it, the country itself has something beautiful in it yeah mm-hmm. so many different places and so many different types of nature but every area has its own big problems yeah. and that yeah that's yeah. my first thought
1: yeah. and how is your experience different from your expectations or was it not different from your expectations what did you expect Ruben go for it (laughs) I
2: didn't really expect something because I didn't know what I was going to do really Mm -hmm. I knew okay we're going to visit some different partners and I I did some research about them and tried to figure out what kind of work they are doing but uh, a mission statement is cool but you can Mm -hmm. never capture the culture of an organization in their mission statement sometimes they. They do it but it was really nice to see how different ministries in different areas were working Um, so i didn't really have the expectation of to see okay this is what uh, this ministry is there doing there and this ministry there but during the trip we saw that they were working in different ways in different situations but all with the same goal and that was really cool to see yeah i
1: want to talk about your schooling for a second yeah So, you just graduated with um, your degree in international development? Yeah. yeah. So, you have a lot of theory behind. Yeah. yeah. What was it like seeing that theory put into play? Um,
2: That was really interesting because my study was all about uh, how to develop the world. So, it was from a very local perspective where they focus on on, uh, agriculture projects for only one uh, farmer or on very big scales where they focus on the United Nations. Um, so that was really interesting to see that really happening in the field, where you see different projects from big organizations and also very small uh, projects for only a farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most interesting thing to see was that um, Hunger for Life, of course, is a Christian organization, and we work with Christian ministries. Uh, and I did my study on a non-Christian or a university, so my whole study was based on uh, on theory without the Christian perspective from it. And what was really cool in the field was to see, okay, development work is nothing for me and for uh, the ministries without Mm. the spiritual part. Mm. So that was really cool to see that happening because you can change somebody's life with building their house, but if you bring them to Christ and they are able to serve other people, that's way more impactful for me than, than building that house or building an agriculture project or doing a schooling program or anything else. So that was really cool to see that for the first time happening and hear, hear the stories about it and behind people's life changing and mm-hmm. uh, life changing stories. So that was really impressive. Yeah.
1: That's so, a really neat perspective on that. Like, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, like having a kind of a secular take on world development and inter- yeah. and project development and then injecting that faith aspect yeah. and seeing that the, the marriage of, of those two things change lives because
2: you can Mm. separate it from each other Mm. yeah Yeah.
0: and one of the partners i think manis at lemuel okay uh said if you do like put people through schooling and get them to university um they usually without christianity they don't want to they just they would like go to um the u.s and like get more schooling and be able to further their education but uh with christianity it brings a lot of people back to their own communities to be able to mm-hmm. build back into their communities. Because one guy we met, he studied in the DR. Yeah. And like to go from Lemuel to the DR, it's like go to the desert, the poorest of the poor, to the big city, and then want to come back and start a business there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like
1: without... It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. why would you do that? Right. Yeah.
0: No, if you... If you. Right want to
2: develop yourself and you're only focusing on yourself, then you would say, okay, I would stay in in the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo because there are way more opportunities there than in a desert area where there's nothing Mm -hmm. at Lamois. But he decided that he wanted to come back because he said what Manus gave to me, I want to give it back to my community. Wow. And that story is what we heard many times from different ministries where Mm. leaders were uh, invested in other people and they said, okay, the people Wanted to come back to serve their own community. That mm. was really encouraging to see that happening. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really neat because you take like the the theory in education, and then you just slap on the Great Commission, right? And then it just yeah, yeah, it, it pulls people back to exactly mm. where God wants them.
2: Yeah. yeah, and they don't have to because yeah. if they got the opportunity to to get a better life somewhere else, it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to stay. Sure. But yeah. they all said the people we spoke to said we want to come back because God gave us the opportunity to do this, to develop ourselves, to give it back to the community. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Yeah,
1: That's really neat. And um, I'm actually... After we film this podcast, I'm filming a podcast with Mark Stockland from Haiti Bible Mission, who yeah. you guys went to visit. Mm-hmm. And I know he's super passionate about uh, leadership development for this reason, yeah. right? Did you And did you see that play out? Like, well, you just told me you did see that play out. So that's kind of neat.
0: Well, one thing Mark said is that the biggest thing he could do was hand over the keys to his whole ministry, like the combination to a safe, his to his trucks, to his whole compound. Hmm. Uh, in two, in the, like two years after he started I think yeah. and the Haitians there that he was trying to um, pour into just like they were so honored that they would he would trust them with that mm-hmm. and he said that was a big like stepping point or turning point for his ministry because he had to go home for uh, personal reasons for some reason mm-hmm. and yeah he just instead of locking up his compound and closing it up yeah, he gave the keys to the Haitians yeah. that he was into
2: yeah that was that was awesome to hear that story but it's also at other ministries i I already mentioned that they all have the same goal and although lemuel isn't the same as haiti bible mission if you travel from lemuel to haiti bible mission it's quite a culture shock because you go from the the driest area in haiti you you fly directly to the most green area of haiti Mm -hmm. and also from a very rural area you go to the city so that was a huge culture shock but they all had the same goal to raise leaders for their own community and mm. to support them in uh, building the kingdom in their own community and that's really cool that they all have the same goal and that's also happening at uh, united christians international where we visited and i believe that's in other ministries too.
1: you guys yeah. are answering my questions before i even ask them because <laughs> one of my questions was uh, like you traveled three different areas right in, within the country? Yeah, within Haiti. Yeah. yeah. And then we so, also Yeah, Lemuel, which is uh, far, far north, right? In the desert. Yeah. yeah desert yeah. area. UCI, which is also yeah. somewhat north. Jason's going to correct us <laughs> if <laughs> we are fine. wrong. Don't take my no. word for this. And then Jeremy, which is more by Port au Prince, which is south. Yeah. Right? Hopefully. Yeah. Anyways, I, I was going to ask, like, what is, how different is it? And um, do you sense that the people think differently? They do they act differently? But you're saying, even though the landscape and geography is quite different, and you're up, you're faced with different challenges in each different area, you're saying that there is a, a, a unity amongst them? Is that like, or, or what would you say is the thread tying them all together? Is that a hard question to answer?
0: No, maybe we have to think about it for well, a good answer. Well, I think, like in the development and um, Great Commission side of things, yeah. it's, that's where they're unified, but mm. each place is so different. like, yeah. And especially their approach to those um, things as well. Like, UCI was the first place we went to, and they have this huge school, like 2,600 students in KEDA University. And then, and they have a, they're kind of in jungle and they're, um, yeah, ministry is very different from Lemuel, which is in the desert, very rural, yeah. um, less people, but they, like Lemuel focuses on dignity and hard work. Yeah. And then the city is focused on like street ministry. Kind, Well, mm. that's one part of it. Like just, okay they just go talk to everybody. They, the need is different. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just, but they all kind of unified in Christ. And also, okay. Um, just development work in general.
1: Neat. And then you went to the Dominican. Yeah. Do we want to go there yet? Yeah, let's go there. So wait, no, backtrack for a second. TJ, I want, <laughs> I want you to tell me about the rain, yeah. the rain in Lemuel. That was a really cool situation. And if you were following our social media accounts, you would, we posted a little bit about it. And I think you just made a movie about it too, right?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, yeah,
1: what happened? Why? Why is that significant?
0: Yeah, uh, Lemuel had. When we got there, we were only there for two days, um, and the first day they kind of toured us around all these big water holes that they mostly by they dug by hand, and they said they hadn't gotten water for six months um, since last November, and uh, yeah, they were just touring us around all these water holes that were basically dry they were like just finishing off the water in them mm-hmm. for all their gardens and all their drinking water they truck in by truck truck they, in truck,
1: they, truck. Tr- yeah. they truck in
0: yeah and um yeah so water is like a very valuable resource there because they just yeah. it never rains there really mm-hmm. um and then the second day easter sunday uh they were praying in church for rain um and then we just kind of uh, met with leaders after and then just went, uh, looked at the development projects. And then, uh, one of the guys gets a phone call and said, like, the water's coming. You got to come back quick. Um, and so we all, he was like, we got to run. Cause we were across a ditch that where the water was going to come through. Okay. And when the rain comes, it, fl- it flash floods. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we all just started running, and we're like Jason was like Eat translating, nice, run, yeah. Everyone was yeah. He was running even with his bad knee, and Jason was translating on the way, like, like what's happening? We were like, what's going on? And we're like, just we gotta get over there quick. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, everyone quiet. Like we got past the river, or what was going to be the river, and uh, they said like quiet down. Like you can hear the water coming, and you could hear like in the distance like a rumble of water, and people, like, screaming for joy, mm. uh, like, way up, and, um, Ruben <laughs> ran and got the drone, uh,
1: send the intern, yeah, yeah, get exactly. the drone, that was my the dream. guy
0: with the bad knee, <laughs> yeah. send him to get the drone, Oh, uh, we had a car, so it was <laughs> quite true. safe, but that's the run. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and put the drone up, and, like, flew it a couple kilometers away, and didn't see anything, they're, like, is it actually coming, and, um, then waited like I don't know, yeah, a long time, maybe half an hour, and send the drone up again, mm-hmm. and then we saw the water coming down the valley, and um yeah, it just it came, yeah, like it filled all of their pools, Um like these these hand dug reservoirs are like tw- 20 feet deep, couple hundred feet across, like they're huge,
1: like literally by hand, yeah, yeah, like yeah. no. No machines?
0: The later ones they dug by machine, but that's only last, like, year, a couple years. Yeah. But they dug these other ones by hand. And they dug canals from the mountains to these reservoirs that are deeper than your head. Yeah. Like, they're eight feet deep, maybe? That's crazy. And, yeah. And then they, all these pools filled with water, and um, they were saying, like, if it rained actually in that place, that'd be even crazier and it poured that whole night no way yeah. super cool yeah.
1: yeah that's neat to be able to experience that mm-hmm. at that time and be there yeah, to it witness really that cool. what was your take on that
2: yeah it was it was indeed amazing to see all their uh, projects and they everything was prepared to receive the water but there was no water so they they said every time okay we have the those holes here and if the water comes from the mountains then it will flood in there and Uh, the kennels were bringing to this reservoir and then we can uh, water this garden and uh, we are able to grow more trees and so on Mm -hmm. but there was no water so the whole story wasn't complete with with without water Mm and um um, for us for only being there for two days on easter sunday as well Mm -hmm. completed the whole story about what lemuel is doing what the focus is on where Mm -hmm. the heart is and um that was really, really nice to to experience that and to see the whole story from yeah. beginning to end and, yeah, and really... see what water can bring to a community that's so dry like Lemuel. Yeah.
1: yeah it's really cool. Lemuel has a really cool documentary. Where can we find that? Do you know? Does well, anyone it's... know?
0: I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. I if I close.
1: remember, In I it? will try and link it because it's it's a really neat yeah. perspective on what, mm-hmm. what they're facing up north and... and yeah the challenges. so yeah. somebody remind me to to link that yeah, me will. Um, How about Dominican? you go the, so I didn't really preface this well because they they did actually jump on over to Dominican to do a project assessment with Jason, yeah. right for a new partner. What was that like? like this is uh, a different kind of trip. like it's not necessarily um like like a typical missions trip where you do a lot of work with. The locals and stuff it was more so um assessing so ruben what wh- how did you enjoy dominican how did you enjoy it that's a funny question
2: yeah what was impactful it was impactful it was really different than um than haiti of course and it, it's weird to to think about that because it's on the same island mm-hmm. but the differences between one border are huge so uh, immediately when we arrived in Santo Domingo, we went to our hotel and it was way more luxurious than we've had in weeks before. Mm. Um, so that was quite a culture shock too, because you come from the poorest of the poor and still the food was amazing. And we had some good guest houses and everything was arranged quite good. Mm-hmm. But still it's a poor area, so you have to be careful with how much water you use at Lemwell or um, every every ministry has its own difficulties. And then you stay in a resort or in a hotel where everything is free and you can use everything.
1: You're giving it away, Ruben. <laughs> yeah, and that's
2: uh, that's that's different. Even when you visit the mm-hmm. community in the morning, um, that's really, really hard to see how much wealth there is in, in, in the Dominican Republic. But also how much poverty there is only 30 kilometers away. Mm. So if we visit the community, it wasn't hard to find kids who were malnourished or uh, kids who weren't able to go to school. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of undocumented Haitian people who, are, who don't have any access to uh, healthcare or education or other social systems. Yeah. So to see that contrast between Haiti uh, uh, in the country and see the wealth in the Dominican Republic and also see the problems in the Dominican Republic, that was quite a shock. But it was very encouraging to see again to see what kind of ministries are working in those different communities to help the poor. And that was,
0: that was cool. Yeah.
1: TJ, you want to talk about our, our international, our new international partner in Dominican? Yeah. Who are they?
0: Carlos. Carlos. Well, Carlos, he kind man- of more... manages. Yeah.
1: I've heard he's like a very two, high capacity man.
0: Two or three organizations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, words. empowering action is one of them. Uh, Pro-Invancia yeah. is the other one? I, don't, is it, I know that he, he does something else, but I can't Yeah, the Institute
2: what. of Holistic Christian Education, something like that. I don't really... Uh, I, I, Institute I of might,
1: Holistic Christian Education? I might say it wrong, but okay.
2: it, it was something like that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. all
1: right. Uh, Sounds like the, the, the naturopath of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it was something big, but I still have to find it out. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it, uh, he kind of focuses on later development... Teaching pastors, okay. Um, he's got like a whole curriculum that him and his team have made. Um, Pro and Fancy is a lot about malnourished kids, so just getting them the supplies they need and nourishment, and kind of keeping track. They have a whole app yeah. that they keep track of all the kids. Oh, neat! And they have like levels of nourishment and like um, like how they're progressing. Oh, that's really slick. cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Um, and yeah. That's yeah, neat. He, yeah, his whole like whole office, he's an established ministry already. Okay. Um, which like what Jason was saying, with assessing like his levels of risk, mm-hmm. and there's already established ministry, it's pretty low risk. Yeah. As on the surface, at least, just like mm-hmm. it's already established, they know um, yeah. how to do reporting, how to do. Um,
2: and Carlos himself
0: also has a lot of experience in the community development work. So that's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and also with teams, he does he does teams already. Okay. Yeah. Um, he just needed more help with that too. Sure. So,
1: so Ruben, again with your with your theory behind you of yeah. your studies of international development, what was uh, what was your take on on Dominican versus Haiti?
2: Yeah, the Dominican is of course a very Christian country. Is it? Yeah, most of them are uh Roman Catholic, so um they are Christian but they don't really practice it. But it was really um uh, interesting to see that the communities where we went to a local church was uh supporting the work that we were doing there and there was also a local church trying to to help the poor there. So everywhere we go, although the community only had four hundred people there was a local church there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and we also met a met a pastor and he was leading one of the communities as well as a pastor but also as a community leader and really has a heart for his community. And also for him, he can have many other different kinds of jobs but he still wants to, to serve the people in the community. So that was really um, interesting to see that happening and to see also again the development work that they are doing. They're building school and they're trying to uh, to to organize a feeding program for the malnourished kids for the kids and uh on the same time they also wanted to bring the gospel so mm-hmm. that was kind of the same in in the dominican nest in haiti um, but of course the, there are huge differences in the development work and what they have to do there
1: yeah like i uh, one, one day we'll do a pod, a podcast on Macro, microeconomics, and oh, and development, because that'd be yeah. that'd be an interesting one to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. dissect each country where yeah. they're at. But, um, you know, you've had a few weeks to to process this whole trip. Um, yes. Looking back, how has your perspective changed, or has it?
2: Whoa, that's a big question. <laughs> Again, um, for me. Um, I really had a hard time when I came back because I, it's always after a mission trip for me that I have to process different things and um, now I'm finishing my internship here so the question is also what's next and I was really encouraged and motivated by the work that Hungry for Life is doing in, in Haiti in the Dominican Republic and other places in the world at the moment. Um, so that raised the question, okay, what do I want to do in the mission field? Um, so I had to process that. Um, so that changed my perspective a little bit because there's so much beautiful things to do, although the place looks so poor and there's so much poverty and so much spiritual need uh, as well. There is always an opportunity to, to develop the community or develop one person and bring the gospel there. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, so that was really, that really changed my perspective during the trip in Haiti and the Dominican
0: Republic. Yeah. Nice. I think for me, just. Being aware of perspective change, like um, we even debriefed a little bit about it, just between partners, like like we shouldn't compare them because they're so different in some ways, but they're also similar and they can help each other. Mm-hmm. But then also, I found going from Ukraine, you're like, this is I really care about this. Like I'm seeing all these stories I'm hearing all these stories in person, and I'm like, seeing what's going on, and then be like, just my mind's all about Ukraine, and then you go to Haiti and you're like, oh this partner is so, like, cool and I want to help them. And then you go to the next partner and you're like, oh, I want to help them. Right, right. And you keep doing that. Yes. And that's, we went to five different partners in Haiti alone, or Haiti and Dominican. And then it kind of just, I guess, opened my perspective more, just like...
1: You have to manage the load, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, there's so many different stories of, like, God doing crazy cool work in the world Mm -hmm. and... Yeah. It's not, it's hard, like as a, just a singular person, just be, it's a lot of, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no, I totally know what you mean. Like you leave a little bit of your heart in every little place that you, Mm -hmm. you go. And if you only go to one place, you think my heart belongs entirely there. But you know, the more you experience in life, like the more countries you open up your eyes to and, and change your world perspective, uh, you gain a bigger perspective. And, mm-hmm. and if you, listeners, think like TJ and want to help all 14 countries, come work for us. <laughs> Shameless and plug. Also,
2: to <laughs> yeah. add on that, it's <laughs> also, we have heard so many stories about people who are in desperate need for things or mm-hmm. um, people who had men, uh, health issues, um, finance issues, weren't able to work or their kids couldn't go to school. All kinds of stories we've heard about it. Um, but we are not able to help every single person. But still, you carry that story with you. And that also touches me personally because there's so much need in the world and we can only do this part. Uh, and I'm really motivated to do, to do that part. But still, there's so much more to do, mm-hmm. always.
1: Oh, it's so overwhelming.
2: Yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And that can
0: be disencouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing Benny asked us, who's one of the guys, Lon, it's um, mm-hmm. like, if you had a Oh, wait, we just did this big trip, saw all those partners. If you had $100,000, how would you divvy it up? Mm,
1: good question. It's
0: like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, ah. that's weird. Yeah, it took a while to think about that and just, like, how do you... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to divvy up money between people, but that's what donors, mm-hmm. like, do. Like, mm-hmm. um, that's what we kind of help donors do as well, just, like, how do you find that partner that fits with your heart and... Um, yeah, it just,
1: like, you just got to start somewhere, right? Like, yeah. uh, I think our pastor said this last week or some, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but he said, you can't change the world in a day, but you can't, you can in a lifetime. Like, you know, you make one small decision today and that compounded over your lifetime can make a big difference in the world. Mm-hmm. So start today, start with something small. If your heart's in, in Haiti, start there. You never yep. know where, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but, no. um, yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts, you guys? It's almost yeah. snack time in yeah, the it's office. So true. hungry. Another shameless plug for HFL. If you like snacks every Tuesday at 10.30.
2: Oh, you want more staff? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry, I think I cut you off, Ruben. Were you going to say something? No, I wasn't. Okay.
2: No, I was thinking about something. Something. Last thought. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Shoot. Was, and then uh, I went on to food. No, Sorry. No, never mind. It was okay. not awesome trip. And... Yeah, it really opened my eyes for the first time being in the mission field, so that was really cool. Cool. Nothing to add on that. Yeah. Uh,
0: right. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, just about. I told it was telling stories about Haiti and like the stuff we saw. It's like, oh, I just feel like Bible times, like, mm. and like you see, you're see like miracles, and um, here just feels so dead, like, in, yeah. in North America. But like, what well, Jeremy and Chapel was talking this morning, like there is miracles that are happening here. Yeah, our eyes are just not open to them. And we're just, they seem like everyday things here, but they actually are miracles that are happening here. Totally. Uh, So, so, yeah.
1: Just change your lens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for letting me spring this on you. Yeah. I didn't show them any questions ahead of time. (laughs) I don't normally do that to our guests, I give them at least one day's notice. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have any follow-up comments, so that's a wrap. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact in eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts.
1: Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.